0: Welcome back to Red UK, Well, quite simply,
1: it's a Chicago Bulls thing. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm not too bad, Matt. Um, actually, not in the car tonight. I'm in the office at work. I uh, just finished a shift there, so I said I'd hang on in the warm and do the recording tonight.
0: Yeah, well, I'm back in my truck, and I'm actually in my truck as well. Spent most of the day in somebody else's, so... Uh... All right. Nice to be back in my own recording studio. At least you've got your own bed. If you can call it that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, It's going to be another little therapy session in the end of this one, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I wasn't really expecting it to be a a therapy session. I thought it was going to be a nice little happy pod uh, talking about the last few games, our trip to Paris and all that. But then, as I said to you earlier on, Bulls Logic kicked in last night halfway through the game and uh, yeah, like you say, therapy is required.
0: Yeah. Um obviously our last episode we put out uh was it last Monday? Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Warriors win. And then obviously we headed off to Paris. And that's where we're gonna start this episode, a uh, little trip to Paris that we had. And what did we work it out to be? Forty one hours that we 40, were in Paris. Forty one
1: hours, yeah, forty one hours. Ivotech.
0: Yeah. Uh, try and break it down chronologically. I guess this <laughs> is the easiest way to do it. It was all a little bit hectic. Man, it, uh, it was a
1: blur. It just—I mean, it was great, but it was just manic.
0: Yeah. So obviously, we both landed so Wednesday, Wednesday evening, day before the game. Uh, you were just before me. Yeah. And we obviously filmed our our first meet which mm-hmm. people wanted to see. Um, we didn't really know how to do it, did we? That was the, the awkward part no. of it. So. But we made it happen. So, yeah, um, you had your sign for me. and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so it was, it was on got... your
1: rider to have a sign. So I had to have a exactly. sign. You know, I have to do what the boss man wants.
0: <laughs> and a, a photographer, well, videographer as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was hiding. You didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, that's after I would finally worked my way through the airport. It's massive, that yes, Charles de Gaulle huge. airport yeah. Nice, though. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, we um, we booked an Uber, finally worked out where we were getting picked up from, and instead of heading so, straight to our hotel, we headed to the One Ball Gym. Um, don't ask me which part of Paris it's in, because it's all in French. I don't speak French. <laughs> um, obviously... That was our first introduction to the traffic in Paris as well which man
1: the traffic is brutal
0: I mean obviously being a truck driver I spend my fair amount of time sitting in traffic but I I couldn't cope with that that was just (laughs) ridiculous it was crazy but give us plenty of time to chat on the way down um and like I say we got to the one ball gym with And to be fair, none of us actually knew what it was until we got there. Um, And it's quite an iconic place as well, isn't it, for basketball in France. And it is an amazing place as well when you're actually there.
1: It's an incredible facility. It really
0: is. What do we work out? Those three courts and then like a little bit of a gym?
1: Yeah, that we could see anyway. I mean, there was probably even more. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they had outdoor courts somewhere as well. I mean, it, it was just... It was really nice.
0: Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's a place where if there's any NBA players who sort of holiday in France or whatever, promotions in Paris, they, they tend to head there. Mm-hmm. There's jerseys all around, weren't there? Obviously, mainly yeah. the French players, like Gobert yeah. and... Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when we got out of the car, we heard a voice shouting, Ah, Matt and Neil. And I was like, who the hell is that? And <laughs> turned out to be Clem. Um, obviously, previous guest on this. And you can find him on Twitter at French Bulls TV. And, yeah, so he was actually in the same hotel as us. So we spent quite a bit of time with him. We did.
1: And how bizarre was that, though? I, I-, I found that incredibly strange that we yeah. got out of Uber. <laughs> In Paris, where neither of us have ever been before, and straight away someone <laughs> calls our names. It was it was quite. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: So obviously we had a bit of a chat in the sort of the entrance, and then uh, another person who recognised us walked in, and it was easy. Um, yeah. Again, another former guest, and obviously does a lot of work with uh, Chicago Bulls France on Twitter, and he'd actually organised or found that the play or organised it to be there, didn't he? What we were we were attending. Yeah. So yeah. we had a bit of a chat with him and he actually introduced her to somebody who played against MJ back in uh the McDonald's Yeah. The McDonald's championship, whatever it was. Yeah. Which that was a little bit surreal. Showed us a picture of him as well playing against him, didn't he? So
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, obviously he's changed a bit, so it could have been anybody but Take his word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll
1: we'll believe him. <laughs>
0: so, but yeah, uh, the reason why we was there was because uh, CHGO Bulls podcast was doing a live, and they'd obviously put it out for people to to attend, and obviously just basically watch them do their thing, and they eventually turned up. I think they were struggling with the traffic as well, to be fair. Yeah. And, you know, it was great getting to meet them. Obviously we've had, um, Peck, Big Dave, and Will, Will the Thrill, or the Goat, however you want to word him, as, uh, as guests, previously on this, so, actually yep. meet him in person was, you know, it was, the, you know, they're just normal people, and that's how they, they describe themselves, but to us, they, you know, that, we listen and watch that podcast religiously. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like meeting your heroes a little bit, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously they had Joey with them, uh, producer and RG from the DMVR side of things with them or the All city side of things. Yeah. Um, and while they were getting set up, we, we played a bit of basketball with Peck, um, Obviously, there's photos of you shooting threes and standing a little bit camper.
1: I was just going to say, you know, (laughs) could you have got any better shots of me? Because, like, one of them, the form of my shot looks brutal. And the other one where I'm just standing there, you've obviously got me just as a mid-stride, and it looks like I'm striking a pose for the catwalk. I mean, it's absolutely awful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but then there was that moment where... I threw a, a lob for Peck. I mean he bricked it in the end, but And you didn't even catch that on video.
1: I know, I know, I do apologize.
0: Yeah. The only bit on video you caught of me was me me bricking a shot. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was you
1: know. I was too busy chatting. That was my problem. I was too busy chatting to people. <laughs> <coughs> I forgot all about video and then taking photos.
0: <laughs> so yeah, then obviously we uh, we got to sit and watch them do their thing after chatting with them and Obviously, we got on camera as well, and then mm-hmm. later on in the episode, you got on the with the headphones on, got to ask a question, and obviously appeared on CHGO Balls, which yeah, you know, I know you was uh, pretty chuffed about, and it's a bit surreal, to be fair. Yeah, it was
1: it was surreal, and and you know, it was great to be able to do it, and, that, and those guys, you know, like we said they kind of you know they'd be our podcasting heroes really you know to, we, we've tried to kind of base a lot of what we do on the things that we think are successful from their show as well as adding our own flavor to it as well but they are just the nicest nicest guys they're so down to earth and approachable and uh, even peck who'd have you think you know that he isn't a nice guy <laughs> he came across as a nice guy to us anyway he uh they all gave us um, plenty of time for conversation and like as you say getting to actually shoot a few shots with him and then uh, and then even appear on the show was awesome absolutely awesome
0: yeah so I mean there was one other thing that happened after the show was recorded which <laughs> um, I know they've spoke about on theirs since and I think it was Joey challenged Will The Thrill to do a half court shot and he got it in one Yeah.
1: But nobody was recording. <laughs> it It was a real mic drop moment. But he kind of looked around, ready to drop the mic, and nobody was nobody was recording.
0: Well, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was a little bit, you know, straight off the plane. To that was just yeah, it was a bit surreal. But yeah, definitely something that uh, I'll I'll remember. Yeah. So yeah, sure, definitely. from there we. Obviously got an Uber to the hotel with Clem, uh, went for something to eat and all I can say is thank God we had Clem with us because we, none of us speak French and yeah, funny enough... He was, it he was like a, a walking Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and we had with something to eat and just chatted about bulls all night which was quite nice as well actually because... Not often we get to do that. No, it was great. So then Thursday, which was game day, we decided to go to the Eiffel Tower. Unfortunately, Bulls decided that they were going the day before. Um, <laughs> so And it was all fenced off because of the strikes and stuff like that. But we got the photos and we tried to recreate the Damar and Zach one. I think we did it better, to be fair.
1: Oh well, wow. I think I think it was a case of you know if they'd seen it, they would have been trying to copy ours because it was that good, you know. But <laughs> and whilst we was in the area,
0: uh, we weren't that far away from where the NBA House was getting launched, like a little pop up museum. Mm-hmm. So again, we was with Clem and he got us there and everything like that. Finally, found somewhere to eat after what felt like walking for miles. We we, yeah, we, <laughs> we we did a lot. We didn't sign up for
1: that. We did a
0: lot. And then another little kind of surreal moment happened while we was eating. Then didn't it? It was uh, <laughs> we were just sort of getting ready to pack up and leave, and we had well a group of people coming in, English speaking, one British accent, the rest were American, and he comes over and throws a load of like France coloured. Bulls stickers on the table. Mm -hmm. We're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" (laughs) You know, obviously a bit random. And then uh, I get a tap on the back, and he said, "Oh, it's." uh, He asked me what my name was, and he was like, "Oh, it's uh, Dan." And it was—he's the head of marketing for for Bulls, and who I'd been dealing with to get the tickets in the process. Yeah. Um, So again, we had a bit of a chat with them, and it was all a little bit strange that. The one place we decided to eat the Bulls Market ended he up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we literally walked past four or five different cafes deciding whether we'd go into them or not. And this was the one we decided on. And that's where they ended up turning up as well, which was just bizarre. I know it kind of threw, it threw Clem off a little bit. He was <laughs> completely blown away by it, wasn't he? Yeah. And, um, you know, this dude all really
0: nice to talk to. And obviously, we've got a little sneak peek off his phone of what was set up in there yeah uh, in the NBA house as that's what they was out there to do or part of what they were to do and then we went and joined the queue and we were kind of expecting it to be a lot busier than what it was Um mm-hmm. we kind of ended up getting pushed further and further back in the queue for some strange reason even though we were first there yeah and uh, obviously, influencers and media got to go in first, uh, including the CH Joe boys who stopped for a chat
1: on the way yeah. in. While, while Will um, was trying to uh, work, worm their way in at the door, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we kind of got harassed by a, a young Spanish girl who plays basketball. Turned mm-hmm. out to be an influencer, trying to give away a free Jordan ball. If we guessed her age, turns out she was 20. Um and I've actually followed her on insta and that now, and she's yeah she's, she actually spoke to Zach the day before I think mm-hmm. at an event um I can't remember her name it's in foreign so I can't Ari- tell
1: was. was it Ari Gelly,
0: something like that, yeah, something like that. I think <laughs> I believe at the minute she's in the Philippines playing basketball or something, so oh,
1: wow.
0: certainly gets around um um we also met for the first time Jimmy from. UK Chicago Bulls in the queue, yeah. which um, basically gave us the chance to put to bed a lot of crap that had been going on, and smoothed a few things over, and then, yeah, we obviously went in. The idea was that Jokic Noah was there from four till half four, and that's where it just went to shit, basically, <laughs> because... They put him in a corner, everybody rushed to the corner, then they tried to get him out of the corner while everybody was trying to get pictures with him and get him to sign things. And he got moved to another part to speak to a lot of influencers and then he kind of got pushed out of the door. Obviously, you managed to get a picture with him. I didn't because I got an elbow in the face off security, which was nice.
1: Do you know, the security um, guards were, were were painful now. Look, like, I understand they've got a job to do and they're trying to protect uh, Noah and all that, but, I mean, they they literally were shoving people out of the way that were just trying to get a picture with him or try and get something signed or just get a second to say hello. And, unfortunately, I got my picture and I turned the camera to get my picture of you and him and, and, and they kind of just shuffled you out of the way and, and got him in through a door, which was a a, a shit a, a shame, really.
0: Yeah, I mean... I got a picture of him (laughs) uh, while he was sat down. Pretty much, I was pretty much right next to him at the time as well. But um, yeah, it was a shame. And that was thing that that part wasn't organized by Bulls. That was organized by NBA Europe. Yeah. Um. And you could even see that Noah was a little bit pissed by it because I think he wanted to that little bit of interaction with the genuine fans. Um. But he wasn't allowed. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had a look around the the uh, what do they call it? The Bulls House of Bulls, wasn't it? That's what they called it. Yeah. Which is like a little corner. Basically, had the six six trophies there. A uh, load of signed match worn jerseys and uh, shoes. A lot of artwork. I think that they would brought over from Bulls Fest.
1: Mhm.
0: And uh, it was quite impressive, wasn't it? To be it fair. was.
1: It was very impressive. It was incredibly well laid out in such a small area. Um, to be able to get that close to each of the championship trophies and the McDonald's trophy as well was yeah. was awesome. Was you know like I mean it was great to see the sign stuff as well. But I mean you can kind of see that anywhere. But to actually get that close to the to the trophies, I, I thought that was it was mesmerizing to be able to see them that close. I thought
0: yeah. And we've got some nice photos which uh, Dan took of us. Yeah. As we met him again in there. We also met Joe Pinchin, the Bulls photographer, or one of the Bulls photographers yeah. and creators, uh, who was actually British as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's a definite British sort of contingent there, which was quite nice. Um And then the fun started trying to get back to the arena. Now, our hotel was basically in the shadows of the arena, wasn't it? It was like next door pretty much.
1: It was. Um, I mean, location-wise, it was ideal. Yeah. Uh,
0: Unfortunately, where the NBA house was, wasn't because it (laughs) was pretty much the other side of Paris and they decided to open it at four o'clock when the game well the gates opened to the arena for the game at seven o'clock um, and it actually opened late as well didn't it so we had a bit of a, a rush to get back um, yeah it did there was a strike yeah we booked Ubers but they kept oh your drivers are two minutes away or oh, your drivers cancelled
1: yeah
0: uh, so luckily Clem saved the day um, found us a bus which we wouldn't have found because we don't speak French. No chance. Um, and it was probably the worst bus journey I've ever had in my life because, one, I was <laughs> bursting for the toilet, and two, they really don't take passenger comfort into um, account over there.
1: To, be, to be fair, you said you needed to go to the toilet before we even went in to the house, <laughs> the, the NBA house.
0: Pretty much so- from when we I started in the queue I needed a the toilet. And so we were queuing the for the best part of two hours.
1: You must have been ready to burst.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't the best of bus rides. And then the fact that he stopped us, what, about six or seven stops away from where we were meant to be That's and right. just basically told everybody to get off the bus. At this point, it was raining as well. Mm-hmm. Me and you didn't have a clue where we were <laughs> or how to speak to anybody. And um, we found out that it was basically a road was closed because of the strikes. Why you couldn't have just gone round, I don't know, but it was uh, not everybody off. So we had a, what, about a 20-minute walk. Yeah, give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We were just basically following Clem. and uh, Yeah, we made it back to the hotel, a bit of freshening up, charge of the phones, and join the queue basically um which we actually had to walk away from our hotel to the back of the queue to walk back past our hotel to get to the arena <laughs> that's how close we were um it all moved pretty fast though didn't it the queue in the end it
1: did it did i thought it, it, it was actually quite well organized the um the way they had it all lined up and for entering the actual arena itself was good
0: so yeah i mean on well, oh, I guess we'll go to the game itself because that's where we're at now. Um, a couple of sort of moments that stood out to me—not about the game, but about being at the game—was the amount of legends that was in the same building. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, joking, Noah was the main attraction for for the French and stuff like that. Uh, they had what? Lowell Deng? Lowell Deng was there. Yeah. um B. J. Armstrong. Arm. Uh, that's, that was it from Rip, Bull. Uh, no, um, Rip
1: Hamilton. Ben yeah, Wallace.
0: Ben Wallace. And then they brought out Magic Johnson, which was
1: a bit unexpected, I think. Yeah, but, I didn't expect him to be there, but uh, he got some, some support from the crowd when he stepped up onto the floor, didn't he? Yeah. Um, which,
0: I mean, for us, obviously, it's them sort of things don't happen, I know we didn't meet him or anything like that, but to be in the same same building as him, Mm-hmm. And you know, well, there's all of them, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, when Bamiya, when Ben Yama was there as well, so it was like mm-hmm. you've got this Hall of Famer, you know, one of the absolute legends of the game, and then you've got the future of the game in the same building.
1: Yeah, it was just and, all... and the present as well, playing for the two teams in the locker rooms at the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So mm. it was. That sort of moment won't lost on me anyway. Um, So yeah, I guess on to the game. Unless you've got anything else to add into our journey up to that point?
1: Uh, No, I thought it was very well put together. It was great that Benny was there as well as Hooper so it wasn't just totally Pistons. I mean, they definitely did try to cater a little bit to the Bulls fans as well even though it was a Pistons home game um, in inverted commas. Um, It did definitely have a feel of more Bulls support than Pistons even in the arena. And this is before any of the games started or anything like that. Um, Yeah. I think there were a lot of neutral fans that were there that weren't necessarily Bulls or Pistons fans, but they just went to watch an NBA game. But um, in in regards to Bulls and Pistons, it certainly felt more um, leaning towards the Bulls in regards to uh, support, I thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the atmosphere felt a little bit strange as well because, like you say, there was... Or well, certainly, walking around Paris, there was more Bulls fans knocking around and, like you say, mm-hmm. more neutral fans. I don't think we saw that many Pistons... We saw a couple of Pistons influencers, but that was because they were told where to be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, going into the arena, you didn't see many Pistons fans. But then inside... Everybody was just cheering everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, But no, it was, I mean, people were saying that it didn't look full on TV, but it was full, wasn't it?
1: It was jammers. It was absolutely jammers.
0: I think a few people maybe missed out because of the strikes. Um, I'd seen a few people cancel the trips and stuff like that, but it was full. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they put on a pretty decent show as well. So, it did. Um so yeah, on to the game. Obviously Bulls ran out 126, 108 winners and controlled the game from start to finish. Uh, yeah. there was a few times where we thought come on, just put it to bed now. Um thought that sort of bulls logic was gonna kick in where <laughs> we throw away a lead and it wasn't really until part of the way through the fourth that we kind of started to put it away, was it? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously we won every quarter, some more than others and stuff like that, but it was the sort of performance you wanted to see from Bulls. Everybody kind of showed up. And yeah. I mean, we even got to see Marco and Dale and Terry as well for about yeah, a minute. Yeah,
1: we, we got to see Marco time in the flesh live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we we mentioned in warm-ups that he looked like an all-star. He was hitting oh. everything. It didn't matter where everything. he shot from. I mean, there was uncontested. Yeah. But, you know, it was quite impressive to see because you don't normally see that side of him. No. And then he gets on the court and doesn't do anything. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't really exactly get much time on the court either. Well, no. But, you know, the fact that Dale and Terry and Carlet Jones managed to get a bucket. That they
1: did. Well, I've said it before. All you need to do is give Dalen one minute and he'll make make that one minute count.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And, yeah, so I mean, not really much more to say about the game itself, is it? Because I imagine most people have watched it or watched it at the time. Yeah. Obviously, we gave... um, Well, we had our live thread still running, which, you know, shout out to everybody who was in it in our group and kept it going and obviously put the vote out there for our player of the game, which eventually was Zach. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we wanted to hop in on the live thread, but the internet was shocking on it. Which
1: which it's kind of actually been good to hear in in the reports that I've heard since the game that everybody, didn't matter who you were or where you were sitting in the arena, everybody was struggling with it because I was afraid it was just because we were quite high up in the arena and that's why we were struggling with it, but other people were doing yeah. okay. But it seems like it didn't matter if you were down courtside or wherever you were sitting, the, the The Wi-Fi was just shite. Yeah. And it was frustrating because, you know, you're there and you want to be kind of r- reporting back and, and being involved in things on the social media. And then it would kick in for a split second and you can send a message, but as for, like, there's no way you could send any anything more than just a few lines and it would be gone again.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, before the games, I like to post the, you know, who was with us sort of post mm. on Twitter and stuff like that, and I'd actually wrote most of it out, and then we've got the picture of us there and stuff like that, tried to post it, at well, it had been, what, 9pm, our time, um, and that's how it was sort of stated in the message, it was 9pm, I think mm. by the time it had actually gone through, it was about 20 past 10, so, <laughs> looked a little bit <laughs> stupid saying it's nine o'clock and it's nine. <laughs> but you no know, um, you know So shout out everybody who was in our live thread and yeah great know, job um, so yeah obviously Zach got the vote in the live thread and he also got our vote for player of the game yeah he did um, I mean I, what did he got 30 points didn't he I think he was in the middle of a, a run of 25 plus game
1: uh, 25 points a game one then Yeah, he got 30 points, uh, shooting 50% from the field and three points not so good, two of six. But um, he got four assists and five rebounds as well. Yeah.
0: And Uh, the one player who really impressed us and probably what comes as a shock, but it was Demar DeRozan, wasn't it? Yeah. Watched him do his thing in person it was just, the TV
1: cameras don't do it justice, do they? No. It, it's a, the smoothness of his shot, um, it's just like liquid. It's unbelievable to watch it live. It really is.
0: And just the way he was moving as well. He just yeah. got to all the right spots. And he just moves in the right way, doesn't he? And like I say, the, I think if you watch him on telly, you kind of see it, but you don't appreciate it. Mm. But yeah, so that was that was the one thing that really stood out in the game for me was how good he actually is. Um, obviously Vuk had himself a game as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, sixteen points, fifteen
1: rebounds. Obviously mm-hmm. he was hot from the the start, wasn't he? He was. But um, special shout out to him for his assist line. He got six assists. Yeah. Which, you know, is fantastic from your centre. And obviously playing sort of backup
0: centre was Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. What a game he, he was very close to being the player of the game, wasn't he? And it was purely for them dunks. It was just... Oh,
1: man. He was on showtime mode. Um, I think he was still buzzing after his proposal to his girlfriend, well, now fiancé, because he was just out there putting on a show for everyone that was sitting in the arena. Yeah. And I think he got everybody on the feet as well, didn't it? It was yeah. just, yeah. Even the neutral fans were going wild for, for what he was doing out there.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, nobody else really stood out. I don't think that everyone just did what they were supposed to do.
1: Um, I think, um, I think AC, uh, defensively, uh, was fantastic. Again, to see him doing his thing and see how much of a pest he really is. Um, yeah, I really typical, enjoyed seeing that too.
0: He had a typical AC stat line as well, didn't he? Two points, three rebounds, <laughs> three assists, four steals, three blocks. Uh, yeah, Didn't get any threes, but, you know. <laughs> but <yeah. clears throat> he did take um, one, but he missed it. Yeah, which is just standard. Yes, very much. But yeah, it was... Well, it's the sort of game we wanted to see from Bulls all over, really. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Um, obviously after the game, we took the long way back to the arena to the hotel. We (laughs) did, (laughs) which don't really know why. We kind of got a little bit confused when we come out and.
1: Well, yeah, to we... be fair, I think we both thought we could just kind of go directly around the arena and back out the other side <laughs> towards our hotel. <laughs> Once you get to a certain point around the back of the arena, it actually brings you off in a completely different direction <laughs> to, <laughs> to bring us back in again. And at that point, it was like, well, we've kind of come too far now to turn around and go back the other way. <laughs> so, uh, we're like, we just kind of kept going and um, we got there eventually. But, yeah. you know... Yeah. We actually got we, to the point where they were filling the buses um, with, you know, all the kind of celebrities and, and players and everything like that. But you're kept far enough away from it that it was actually of no benefit, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, we'd lost Clem at that point as well, which is probably why we went the way we did. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Our, our little tour guide that he was. Yeah, so, yeah we sort of got back to the hotel and... We were meant to record an episode and it's one thing that we both kind of regret is we yeah. didn't get it done. But we were both just done in, weren't we? Um
1: Absolutely, completely. We try we
0: had to try and catch up on the socials and all that sort of stuff. And well, we was up at what, six o'clock. We got back to the hotel about one o'clock, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
0: We was up at six o'clock to go to the airport and that was the end of end of the trip. Yep. Um I had a nice little delay at the airport, which I didn't actually know why because they told us in French, which was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it cost me an hour in my day, but yeah, um,
1: overall, good trip. Yeah, very much so. Um, like like we say, absolute whirlwind. Uh, as you can kind of hear from that little review there, it it was just hit the ground running, and uh, next thing is run a flight home. You know, it was meant. Yeah,
0: but. Yeah, that was it. Enjoyed, nonetheless. So, yeah. Box ticked. Paris completed. Yes. And I mean, I don't know if you've got anything else on it before we move on.
1: Uh, no, just you know, we've we've talked and especially about Clem, we've kind of talked about him quite a bit there. But um, I just want to uh, say a special shout out to himself and Easy as the kind of French contingent of the Bulls fans that we were in touch with over there and. Um you guys were fantastic you you were very welcoming and um it was great to finally meet you and and uh talk some balls with you yeah
0: absolutely and well i'll send it to the advert quickly and then we'll get into the next part the call with tim sinclair is brought to you by stump the new app for ios and android that
1: allows anyone to create an instant social podcast Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with
0: the world. Talk about anything, with anyone, and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play, or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. Uh, Welcome back and at this point Bulls are back in America as we were back in the UK Mm. and they went into a back-to-back starting with the Hawks and finishing with the Pacers Mm -hmm. now obviously if we'd have done an episode we'd have maybe put our predictions out there for the two games and I would have said we'd have split them but not in the way that we did I'd have thought we'd have lost to Hawks and beat Pacers, but it's Bulls, so I should have known better. <laughs> Obviously, we faced Hawks on... I've lost track of days now. Was it Monday? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head either, and if we right, sort of it, it, be Tuesday morning for us, was it? But yeah, Monday, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was actually, Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and we come away with the... 111 to 100 win and it was a good game it was we looked good doing it there was a we led most of it and then there was a point where they got back into it as well Um, I mean the first quarter was shocking wasn't it from both teams they're just you know 21-17 in favour of the Hawks it was just you kind of thought Bulls were still in Paris, the way they'd come out. And then into the second, they put up 40 points. (laughs) which That's where they really come alive. Um, Hawks won the third, and then we got back on it in the fourth. But even when Hawks were sort of surging a little bit, we still looked in control, I thought.
1: I did too. I, I'd never kind of really thought they were going to lose the game um, at, at any point outside of the first quarter.
0: I mean, I did kind of think that we could have gone to a, a last, you know, buzzer beater again or overtime or whatever, but they really stepped up in the fourth. And, I mean, our player of the game in the end was Caruso, wasn't it?
1: Mm
0: hmm. Um, yeah. I think, did he just take it from Vooch? Um brew was sort of second in the running now.
1: I think it was Demar was second in the running actually.
0: I know Vooch it was his eleventh double double in a row, wasn't it? Fourteen point seventeen rebounds. Oh yeah.
1: Seven, seven assists. assists. Wow, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and like obviously Damar did his thing. Zach kinda of dropped off a little bit with only twenty points, but was still still looked pretty impressive. I yeah. didn't. <laughs> um <laughs> P. Will stepped up in the fourth. And, P. Will had himself
1: yeah. a game in the fourth quarter.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he ended up with his first double-double of the year as well, didn't he? 18.10 yeah. rebounds. And yeah. it was good to see P. Will rebounding like that. Um, especially when it was the first time we'd seen Drummond for what three, well, he'd missed the previous three games.
1: Oh, yeah, it I it mean... PMP, I, I was, I was, yeah, he was. Even in Paris, he didn't get a run out. He was the only player on the bench actually that didn't get any minutes. And um, I mean, I'd started kind of saying, joking there that maybe he'd run over Billy Donovan's dog or something that he was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wasn't seeing any minutes. But he was put into this game, and in the few minutes he had, he we managed to see the good side of him, man. We managed to see the bad side of him too.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had three and a half minutes and he got four points, one rebound. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean with P. Will getting the 10 rebounds. When Billy's going to this small ball lineup, which he tends to do a lot anyway, you kind of need P. Will to be stepping up with a rebound. Yes, definitely. And, I mean, obviously, if he can put up 18 points as well, then bonus. But I'd rather see him get the rebounds and be more engage defensively than putting up points
1: yeah well I think we kind of said at the start of the season didn't we something along the lines of 14 and 8 14 and 9 would be a good stat line for P Will yeah so I mean he's just above that there really 18 and 10 is is above expectations for us anyway so I mean if we could get maybe 15 points and 8-10 to 10 rebounds off him on a regular basis, I think we'd be quids in with him, really.
0: Yeah, and I mean, one of the sort of big points of the game was how we dealt with Drew Young, who I obviously can't stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still got a double-double, 21 points, 13 assists. But he looks shocking. His shot wasn't falling. I mean, he hit, didn't hit a three after five attempts he seems to be missing free throws for fun and it's credit to io and well ac wanted it, who it was on him for most of the game
1: yeah and, and he looked frustrated by him too
0: yeah i mean he, he had his moments which is what annoys me with him you know how he weasels his way to the free throw line you know cuz they're clearly not fouls, but he makes them look like fouls, and yeah. that's what I can't stand with him. Um, and there was that moment where there was a fan, a, a Bulls fan, taking the mick out of his ice cold celebration. One, it? it was just say, "Well, you're the one that's ice cold tonight." So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought Io, uh, although stat-wise, doesn't stand out. Did his typical good job of locking him up and obviously Caruso got our player of the game 12 points 4 rebounds 2 assists 3 steals 1 block he was 50% from 3 and yeah that was it Um, yeah but he was everywhere wasn't he you know he was getting his cookies he was you know a bit of Caruso was on on display he got a jam in as well didn't
1: he did he get dunked yeah
0: Yeah, on the back of a steal, won it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, was good to see him have that sort of a game defensively, but also put up 12 points. Because we don't tend to get both sides of him.
1: No, not normally. We normally tend to uh, either get the defensive side of him and not the offensive side, or we just get nothing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so to actually see any offense, like, you know, he often puts up a few points, but 12 is, is... obviously way higher than what we expect from Caruso and it's, yeah. it was great to see it because the but defensive um, side of him didn't suffer as a result of it
0: yeah I mean what was good is the fact that obviously Billy's gone into these small rotations and he tends mm-hmm. to only be using eight players it's pushed to nine at the minute with Drummond coming back in yeah and we just haven't got the roster to, to have it that small, I don't think. We've got players out of position. Obviously, um, Dragic is out for this little road trip that they're on as well, isn't he? So, yeah. Um, that's another reason why it's obviously dropped the way it has. So, you know, you've got to credit Kobe, Caruso and DJJ for what they are doing coming off the bench because they're the only guys that are coming off the bench at the minute. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I think it was a good win and I mean obviously at the time were Hawks above 500 I think we put them back to 500 with it didn't we
1: yeah I can't remember yeah,
0: now uh, I don't know I can put so it obviously, typical Bulls in the sense that we can beat teams above 500 yeah
1: <laughs> Bulls logic is alive and well
0: yeah so yeah, I mean I don't know if you've got anything else on that game.
1: No, it was a it was a good one to watch. It was a good one to see straight after the Paris game. You know, we were kind of afraid that they might have um, been suffering from the the hangover or the jet lag of of being away in Paris, but uh they came back with that that win over the Hawks and it was great.
0: Yeah, and certainly had um my passport's now. Had Bulls Nation pretty excited Mm. Um, going into the second game which was a trip to Indianapolis to face the Pacers Mm. and what a start what a start you know that first half they were just well doing everything carried on really from the Hawks game and even the Paris game and you think you know we're going to put these to bed and towards the end of the second, pacers went on a little bit of a run, you kinda of get a little bit nervy. And then third
1: quarter bulls take over. Yeah. And, and it was just it was just getting tougher and tougher to keep watching the game.
0: Yeah. And I mean I, I sort of made a few comments through it of, you know, like, don't do this again. Um and there were people saying, oh, no, no, they'll, they'll they'll get it back, they'll get it back. And we just lost grip on it, didn't we, altogether? Um, I mean, that third quarter, they won it 34-25. Yeah. And obviously, we was up by 21 at one point. So, so to blow a 21-point lead, I mean, I think it wasn't until the fourth where they actually took the lead, was it? So... <laughs> yeah, they won that one 36-23. Yeah, obviously, Turner had himself a quarter in the third as well, didn't he? Which that's what well, sort was of. Turner. Yeah, that's what kind of turned it, wasn't it? it? Was him basically getting what he wanted. Obviously, Drummond got brought in to try and slow it down, and you know, because Billy obviously realised that using DJJ against these big guys is not always going to work and Drummond come in <laughs> yeah what a spell he had uh, <laughs> 7 points 5 rebounds uh, 1 of 5 from the free throw line and they were deliberately fouling him so that he got to the free throw line was not he?
1: Um, yeah but the the, the hacker shack rule is gone yeah so when at one point he was fouled and <laughs> I can't remember who it was for Pacers and he ended up looking very confused because <laughs> Zach took the free throws. and he was like, what? <laughs> I can't remember who it was it off the top of my head. It might have been Turner, to be Maybe fair. Maybe it was actually.
0: And, yeah, it, I mean, there was that little spell where he sort of missed a dunk, got a steal, slammed a dunk and then just went chaotic, in it. it? Yeah i would kind of said it's time to sit him again, Billy. You know, it, it's we've seen the good. Now we're getting the bad from him, and eventually he did sit. And yeah, I think everybody else kind of sat with him to be fair because everyone just disappeared. Um, I think you got to credit Pacers as well, though, because they come out with a completely different mindset in that second half. And the Meadows look like a team that was on the second of a back-to-back. They they wanted it more. They were more aggressive. Um, they were playing with more energy. And we just basically
1: let them. Well, see, that's the thing. We let them, and it's just not good. It's just not good enough, really. You know, they they were, they didn't even have their best player. Yeah, Halliburton. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton wasn't playing and we still couldn't contain them. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand how it all fell apart, but I mean, literally, apart from DeMar, everybody went to sleep. Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously, with that Benedict Matherin off the bench, 26 points, seven rebounds, two assists for him, you know, he's in his rookie year. Yeah. And... I can't remember where they picked him up. Was he like fifth or sixth, something like that? I'm not and sure. I you remember. You're kind of thinking when he's doing that off the bench, what's P. Will doing? Yeah. P. Will you was non existent. Yeah, he was a sixth round, uh, first round pick sixth in this year's draft, or last year's draft, should I say. Um,. You know, and he's listed as a, a guard forward. He's 20. And so far this year, he's averaging 17.5 points, four rebounds a game, or 4.1 rebounds a game. you know what I mean? And you think, if he's doing that in his rookie year, because he's not just done it against us, he's doing it against everybody. Yeah. Like I say, what where are we at with P-Will when it comes to that because P-Will was non-existent in this game for most of it but yeah. so he, he started off alright he's got five rebounds um, and obviously his points did drop which we just said is not really a massive thing but he was basically played out of the game again and this is where the frustration's coming in with him because you get a good game like the or a good quarter like the fourth against Hawks and then a full game where it's like, well, "Where is he?"
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, th- that needs to be gone now. I mean, it really, really does. He should be locked in each and every game. Um, and he just he just checks out and disappears, and and you know goes into the background again. And he just can't be doing that anymore. He just can't. You know, you know. I love the guy because I see so much potential in him, but that potential needs to be realised now. It really does. Yeah, and I mean,
0: it's when he's got these wide-open threes and he travels. Yeah. It's like, just take the shot. Whether you yeah. brick it or not, there's a chance somebody's going to get a rebound, whatever. But you deciding to try and dribble it and then traveling, just
1: is a bad luck. It is a bad and uh, I don't know what he's averaging on three-point percentage for the, for the season so far, but, I mean, it always seems to be around the 40%, 50% mark. It, just shoot more shots. You, you're you getting a great percentage on your <laughs> shooting. Yeah, and,
0: I mean, he wasn't the only one that didn't step up last night. No, um, so, so. Like you said, it was Demar seemed to be the one that was going to get anything done, and he ended up with our player of the game. 33 points, five rebounds, three assists. Um. Vooch kind of started off all right, disappeared and then come back again. Mm-hmm. Um, ended his own streak of 11, or his streak of double-doubles, finished at 11, as he didn't get one last night. But the bench didn't really step up, I don't think, either.
1: No, not at all.
0: Um, I mean, Caruso got seven rebounds, which I didn't realise until I just looked. Um, but then you look at Drummond getting... Five rebounds in just short six minutes, and that kind of says to you. Why is Drummond sitting all of these games? I'm telling you, yeah. Billy's dog. It's, yeah, and I mean, obviously, if we'd seen any more of Drummond last night, I think it'd have gone completely to shit. But
1: <laughs> but I, I mean, mean it's, it was kind of shit anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of this game was on Billy and how much of it was on the players. To be fair, because you know the small ball lineup doesn't work all the time, as we said against the Hawks, and it mm-hmm. persists with it. Yeah, and obviously DJJ Fair enough, he's worked his way into the rotation. I mean, basically, he's got no choice because there's nobody else.
1: But he's doing good but, too.
0: Yeah. For the most But part. surely he's the replacement for P Will. So then surely you get Drummond in there to replace Vooch. Or to yeah. you know give Vooch his break. Um So yeah, I guess we'll talk about that final two minutes.
1: Do we have to? <laughs> oh God it was a
0: mess. Yeah. Um Zach turned into the turnover king. My God,
1: it was brutal. It, 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 just, it was like he had I dunno, he was wearing gloves that he'd dipped in a tub of lard before he went onto the court or something. <laughs> he just couldn't hold the ball.
0: No. And um, I mean obviously he's said it's all to do with this finger injury that he's got or this hand injury. But he was yeah. bad all night. I mean Yeah, exactly. He finished 14 points, three rebounds, four assists, but he was none of seven from three. I mean, he was six or seven from three-throw line, but he kind of stopped getting there as well.
1: Mm. Um, but I, I understand he wants to play and he doesn't want to give up. He was the same last year. Even with an injury, he didn't want to give up. And, and, and you know, I can respect that and I can appreciate that. But if you being out there is hurting the team, Then you either need to be out there doing something different or you need to, you know, just accept the fact that maybe you need to sit back for a while and let somebody else do their thing because you're actually being detrimental to the success of the team. Um, if, If he has got a hand injury that's affecting him to that extent, why is he carrying the ball up? Give it to somebody else that can carry the ball up and just be there for a, you know, a catch and shoot. Which Why put yourself into a position where you're struggling with your hand and yet you're still using it constantly? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: it, it, at one point in that last two minutes, he got a travel, didn't he? Which that kind of killed us off because we were still maybe we two points behind or three points behind at that point. And I think it was going into our last defensive set maybe you were 20 seconds to go, or something like that, and he travels. Yeah. It's like, that. That's nothing to do with a bad hand. No. That's bad decision-making, bad play, bad execution, whatever. And you just think, like you just said, if the injury's costing that much, give the ball to somebody else. It can still be out there as a threat. Because he can space the floor for somebody like Damar to do what he needs to do. Or even Vooch, or even he will. You know what I mean? If if you've got somebody watching Zach, they're not watching somebody else. And they were double teaming Zach as well. A lot in that fourth. So that just goes to show a one handed Zach is still
1: dangerous. Absolutely. When used the right way. But that's what it all comes down to,
0: yeah, and yeah, then we had them we called a timeout, which got us up the right end, and Zach couldn't inbound it, so called another timeout, and Caruso had it had his inbound deflected, and then they got the, the killer bucket off that, didn't
1: he yeah and that was that was it game over.
0: Yeah. And that was just I mean, a lot of it's on Zach for not getting the first one in, but then a lot of it's on the rest of the team for not moving to the right places for him. Yeah. However, I don't know if you've seen this still, there's a where AC's right under the bucket, wide open, and Zach don't throw it to him. Really? I hadn't seen that, no. I yeah. had not seen that. Um And apparently it's not the first time it's happened as well. So kind of says to me that he was looking for Demar for that typical last minute. We've talked
1: about this this before, right? It doesn't have to follow that that line just because that's what everybody expects to happen. If anything, the fact that everybody expects that to happen is more of a case for doing something different. And, do you know, to be that linear and that obvious and that predictable is just no good. It's just no no good. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, obviously, Pacers had come in losing seven games on the bounce as well into this game. And we let him do that to us. The fact that we let TJ McConnell do what he did as well is just... Yeah, so this is where the uh, the therapy session was needed. After that game, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Like you say, Paul's logic kicked in and we can't beat a team that we really needed to beat and we should have beat. So, I don't know if you've got anything else on the game. Uh, it's depressing enough. I don't really want uh, to talk
1: about it anymore, thanks.
0: <laughs> and, uh, uh, before we go, I've got a few quick questions for you. Okay. Um i'll try and make them as quick as we can so you can get off uh Paris. what would you have done different, or what would you have liked to have seen be done different
1: okay um two two things on it uh the first one is specifically to the to the house of bulls um like we said, it kind of got messy when we got inside and tried to to meet up with Joachim um I just think that that could have been done in in a in a fashion that Joe is either standing or sitting in a corner and you they could have had people feeding through get their couple of minutes with Joe uh, or their minute two or two with Joe um get an autograph or a photo or whatever they wanted, and filter back out the other side rather than him trying to walk around with crowds of people around him and people trying to jostle him for a for position uh with him because I mean yeah. We've seen the video footage, you know, shout out Peck. We've seen the photos um, of the media getting in. They got they got 20, 30 minutes prior to the public being let in. And obviously in that stage, it's better organized and it's that little bit cleaner because there's less people in there and, you know, it's a different circle. But once the doors were open to everybody else, it just, it was chaos really. So I think that yeah. side of it could have been organized a little bit better um, the second point that I would make is actually kind of similar enough kind of point point. Um, when I was over in the London Docklands Arena for the um, Utah Bulls game when it was the NBA London games um, many years ago outside now the weather was nice which helped um, but outside that they had five or six um, NBA legends and You had the opportunity to go along and meet each one exactly as I described it there. They could have done with Joe. You got your your minute or two talking to them. They had a stack of photos. They signed the photo, gave you it. You know, there was Detlef Schrempf. There was Daryl Dawkins. uh, BJ Armstrong was there. and There was a couple of others. And it was just a very well-organized way to do it. And you got to meet all these amazing people just for a second. Um, and it's something that's always stuck in my mind. I'll always remember it, uh, particularly BJ. And uh, I just think they could have done something with the, with the legends and, and, the, and the faces that they had at the game. That's something that they could quite easily have done. And that means a lot to fans. It really, really does just to get that yeah. little moment where they can go, oh, I, I, I met Joakim, I met BJ, I met whoever it was, you know, and Tony Parker was there. Do you know, That's that sticks forever, with a a fan yeah and I think that that could have been done or something along those lines
0: yeah um, that's kind of where I was going to go I mean obviously personally I'd have liked to have had longer there to attend some of the other events that was on obviously uh, they'd done a signing with Drummond the day before Zach was at an event I think Lonzo was at an event I think Lonzo was meant to be at an event but I don't think he
1: turned up did he yeah, because his, his dad no, stood I didn't in the bar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I mean, I get. Obviously, it's a bit of a whirlwind trip for them, and they had family and friends there and all that sort of stuff. But it, it'd have been nice for Bulls to have been able to put on a little little event somewhere. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have been able to attend anyway. But like on the Wednesday, for mm-hmm. example, like you say, where they're all just sat behind tables or whatever. And you just convey your belt yeah. through. You know, you get your photo, you get things signed and out, you know, because it was an opportunity for, you know, probably us included, where it's not going to happen again. You know what I mean? And a lot of them fans, it was probably, you know, as it was for me, the first live game they went to. So to be able to have some sort of interaction with the team would have been nice. And that's like how I get it wasn't a Bulls event so that's probably why um and the fact that it was all probably very tightly planned but you know it would have been nice just to see that side of it i think um and like i say from our point of view just have that a little bit longer there to enjoy what was going on the days yeah. before but it just wasn't to be for us you know it was that we were lucky enough to be there in the first place get a hall pass from the missus and all that sort of exactly, stuff so yeah yeah uh, yeah. Um, next question. Obviously, we've mentioned him quite a bit, but he's not getting a lot of time. Dale and Terry. Should he be getting time in some of these games? Okay.
1: More time? Okay. Say. Let's let's put it this way. Every time Dale and Terry steps on the court, you know Dale and Terry is on the court. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that alone says enough for him to be getting more than the the handful of minutes he's seen. I'm not yeah. saying he should be starting or that he should be getting any major minutes, but I do think give the lad a run. He's proved himself a little bit in the small time he's had. Give him a chance to prove himself a little bit with a bit more time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do kind of think, especially in that Pacers game, you kind of throw him in he's not going to, you know, you're not throwing him in there to sort of turn the game around, but just add that little bit of energy back into it. Lift, you know, but then the fact that you're kind of wanting an 18th pick to lift the energy of your veterans is a little bit worrying in itself. But
1: but it's more personality and skill level there, though, isn't it, really?
0: Yeah. I guess maybe Billy was thinking... You know, we've still got this. We're up big. We're up big. We're not up big, and by the time you're not up big, it's too late to put him in. Yeah, possibly because, you know, like you say, skill wise, he's maybe not the right person to be out there yet. But from what from what you've seen, you know, like the videos and stuff like that on the for the trip to Paris forum, the team love him. Oh, love him!
1: It's hard not to love, love his
0: energy a and, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, to me, even if he was just getting four, five minutes a night, just spaced out through all the quarters, he's going to bring something, and he's going to develop. You know, and I know he's not at the level of, you know, the top five picks, top six picks, whatever, but he's going to bring something surely.
1: So why not try seeing if. Dane and Terry can, can lift, the, lift
0: the energy yeah uh, I, mean, I was going to ask you another question but I won't bother with it for now Um. obviously next up Hornets tomorrow Yeah. yep yeah. and then we've got Magic on is it sun? or Saturday night Sunday morning for us? Yep Uh,
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, do you want me to use logic or Bulls logic because Bulls logic (laughs) we drop them both Um, realistically speaking we should win both but taking it straight down the middle I'm going to say we split them Um,
0: yeah
1: I'm actually going to say we win the Hornets game and lose to the Magic.
0: Yeah, I mean Magic did a job on Celtics the other night, didn't they? So They did and they've done a job on us already as well. And they've got Jonathan Isaac back who did alright in his return. So um obviously the Hornets game is meant to be our rivalry game, but obviously we've got no ball and they've not had a ball for the last couple of games. I think it's game time decision at the minute. Okay, Uh, so that whole idea has gone out the window, really? Yeah, it was all pathetic in the first place, wasn't it? It's not a rivalry.
1: No. Yeah. I suppose they were trying to play it down the lines of being a sibling rivalry, but... Yeah. Yeah. When neither of them are going to be on the court.
0: A little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. But yeah, um, I think going back to it, like you say, we should win both. But knowing Bulls, we'll lose both. Heart says we win both. Head says we split them. Yeah. Probably the same way you said. Beat your hornets, lose to Magic. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: But look, I'd I'd love them to prove us wrong and to come out firing now and win both games. So I'll always live in that area of hope. (laughs) Yeah, you never know.
0: So yeah, I mean, I've got nothing else.
1: No, me neither. Uh, um, it's good to finally talk about the Paris game.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we've been wanting to get it done for a while, but scheduling's not helped. So, as usual, appreciate people, everyone who's listening, still with us. Um, apologies if that little, there seemed to be a little glitch as we were talking about Dale and then. Um. Well, yeah, as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattRed... De- no, I've done it again. Matt C Red UK. <laughs> yeah, it's because I don't want people to find me, really. <laughs> right, I'll say it again. As usual, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at red UK, and you can find us on all the socials at Red UK. I've
1: been Neil, and you can find me on at Red UK. We appreciate you choosing to hang out with us here at the Red UK podcast. Where it's a Chicago Bulls thing. If you wish, please do subscribe, rate, and review us. And until next time, wherever you are, see Red, go Bulls.